0: Tonight, on opinions are cheap you are not wrong but could you be more right and then you say something
1: oh, okay I, I was I, I wasn't sure if that was my cue or not and then I and then I was just sort of like hey how long do I want the pause to last because now it's getting uncomfortable but you can just edit that out in post so it doesn't really matter
0: yeah it's at the beginning so I'll remember.
1: Yeah, I mean, hell, you could you could even edit it to make it longer if you wanted to. so the audience isn't gonna know what kind of jokes we're doing?
0: That'd be pretty good too. What,
1: what kind of fuckery is afoot? I've done that on the on the comics podcast where someone says something stupid, and I'll like add a couple seconds between <laughs> just to make it <laughs> to add like an awkward pause. The power of of being in
0: charge. How you doing, Cameron? Uh, I'm doing okay.
1: Okay is okay.
0: How are you doing?
1: I don't have to work tomorrow. I took the day
0: off. That's good.
1: That's pretty neat. I want to do that. Yeah.
0: Or do I? Got I probably, home. I think I do.
1: I putzed around a bit, and then I, I got. A, I called a bank, mortgage bank lender, maybe banker, mortgage banker, and because I want to want to look at houses and maybe buy one, so I don't have to live in a duplex anymore. And then after that, I was kind of like, I'm pretty tapped. I don't feel like doing anything for the rest of the night, and so I haven't I haven't amounted to much today. That's good too. I know I got my book open though, and then chapter twenty one is blank, and I'm just like, <laughs> fuck. How dare I not not do it? So that's that's maybe tomorrow. Oh, what the hell? I don't get I, this. This never seemed to happen with old word. where like, it would just default the single space and then no like extra kerning between the lines. But then the new word devol- defaults to, like, 1.5 space, and sometimes it switches back, and it's like, no, I don't want that. Stop doing that.
0: Yeah, I, don't, can't like, it just, I don't like it, Microsoft it, Office.
1: Yeah, and, like, I have it, like, the thing saved, where it says mm-hmm. no spacing. I named it no spacing, and it's like it switches off, it and I gotta click it back on, and this is a dumb thing to complain about, but I, I wish it wouldn't
0: do it. Oh, uh, before we get started... Um, let's check our mailbag. I got a message from Richard.
1: Oh, cool. I'm glad that Richard is is continuing to be a part of the show.
0: Yeah. Uh, Richard writes, so Fallout 76 is gonna go free-to-play. You hear about that? So did you hear about that? You didn't?
1: No, I didn't, but I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I guess I'm disappointed, but I'm not. Like, I don't have any attachment to the game. I feel bad for the people who bought it. I feel like they got fucked over. Like, even the people who are probably enjoying it and don't don't know much about the series, or, or even do it and are still enjoying it, it's, it's one of those, like, oh, I bought a game and six months later, it's free, I guess, if I would have waited six months, it wouldn't have cost me anything.
0: Well, if they waited a week, it would have cost them $30 less. It was a, I don't know, there was a weird rollout of that. <laughs> it's something I, we had to think about a bit with our game after we released it, so
1: it's, it's like... The first couple weeks are important, and then that your first sale are, is important. And so it's like, so when do you have that first sale? Because you got to give it enough between space where the early adopters aren't mad that it's on sale already. I think we ended up waiting, just like straight up waiting until like November with the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, Black Friday thing. But you know, it's a conversation we had. You know, when do you drop the price? And waiting a week and dropping the price, I'm guessing, was not <laughs> what anybody wanted to do for that game.
0: Unless you're a giant publisher like Bethesda, so.
1: Yay! Yeah, I mean, they can afford to fuck <laughs> up.
0: No, they can't. They're stupid.
1: <laughs> I've never played a Bethesda game, so.
0: I don't like them.
1: I just, it just seems like, like, the whole thing is like, look how big this game is. Look how much you can do in it. It's like, yeah, but I don't. It's just daunting to me, and I've I've complained about that before. They made that a uh,
0: Sonic the Hedgehog RPG. Did they? And that was awful.
1: Well, that doesn't surprise me a whole lot. Um, I've been boy. I've been playing a Sonic game. Oh yeah. Actually, I haven't played it since the first day. I've I've been meaning to get back at it. But that's been, it's been it was fun like re-experiencing Sonic Adventures 2, because I remember liking that game a decent amount when it first came out.
0: And then going now, I'm just like, wow, this game is not great. It aged worse than I realized, because I yeah. honestly, I kind of put it down. It's like, OK, I can't do this.
1: What's up with the Tails missions not having like like half the enemies don't do anything. They just stare at you until you destroy them.
0: So the the point of the Tails mission is the, the point in all the missions are to actually get a high score. Um, so you're not you're not like playing to beat the level. You're playing to like beat the clock. If you're, like, a dumb child that has trouble beating the level, then that's your goal. But mm-hmm. the the length in that game is getting, like, A rank on everything, because that unlocks hard mode. And then you get A rank on all the hard mode missions. That will get you the Green Hill Zone bonus level.
1: I didn't know there was a Green Hill Zone bonus level.
0: So it rewards you for, for getting a high score. So with the mm. Tails missions, you're supposed to chain as many... Uh, targets into one attack as possible without getting hit because you get this multiplayer sure um and like with the sonic ones you're actually supposed to kill like every single enemy and do a time run you know
1: sure that sounds way more difficult than what it's worth
0: honestly back when i was playing this on the dreamcast it was a fun challenge to work towards and I started playing this, and it's like, you know, I did a couple of these story missions without trying to get a high score, and I'm not interested. Sure. Like, I I kind of want to just uninstall this and go back to Sonic Generations.
1: I feel like you could probably open up the files and just, like, switch and, you know, open something in Notepad and be like, I have this level now. Oh, no, like, you I can.
0: Um, I it's, like, it's not fun to do. Right. Like, it's just slightly more janky than I remember. And it's like yeah, I'm not gonna put up with this.
1: I mean, I had a bitch of a time just getting it to fucking run because I had like I accidentally put in like the wrong monitor resolution than what I have, and uh, it would just it would not run until I I put in the right one. Like it would try to open in windowed mode or whatever, and then it would just freeze or crash. And it's like, why is this? I couldn't why get controller so support to work. Oh, you couldn't. I spent like an
0: uh, like a half hour getting the controller to work.
1: Because I can attest that it doesn't run very well with mouse and keyboard.
0: Yeah, it just gets Sonic Generations. I'm sorry that I got excited about Sonic Adventure last time.
1: No, I want to keep going through it. It's I don't remember. I played the first three levels. And I don't remember any of the other levels, and I'm kind of curious to see what they are.
0: I, I like the Sonic and Shadow levels. It, it just, I think it's that's the paced, thing, right? It's paced so oddly. Like, I'll have fun running around... And it's like, now you're Knuckles, and you have to kind of just guess where the next one's going to be. It's like, okay, thank you.
1: I, I don't mind how Knuckles controls, but it is it is a little weirdly aimless, and then the, the timer's counting down. And so, like, there's this Jeopardy that is fake, because it doesn't seem like there would actually be a timer. It's just like, well, we need to add something to this, so it seems, it seems like Sonic, like, you gotta go fast. Also, Kigo- er, Kagome was destroying emeralds before before it was cool.
0: Yay, we did it! Yeah, I made you that
1: joke it. on Twitter a week ago, and I was like, "I'm funny," and then no one said anything, and I was like, "I'm I'm still think I'm funny."
0: You but are. Not. You did. It. Uh, um. So I had a really good week. That's good because uh, they they came out with the Steven Universe season finale.
1: I kind of thought it might be that.
0: It was really good. Like Is this the
1: show finale or just the season? Is season. it going to keep going? Okay. One
0: more season and the there's going to be like a movie. Huh. Uh, not, not not a movie movie, like a 2-hour episode. Okay. Um But anyways, it was it was a really good finale cuz it was emotionally charged and it had a lot of payoff for stuff that's been going on the whole series and the whole season and like, honestly, I kind of wish this was the series finale because it ended perfectly. Mm. And I feel like I have no loose ends that I want to see more of. So I really hope they don't botch the last season and like end up <laughs> spending all the goodwill that they built up here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and like tainting it. So I don't know. It's it's weird, but it's really good. And so I, I sat down and I watched like six straight episodes Wow. Um, cause they, they did, they did this like mid-season break and then they did this like big mega release of like, here's all the episodes. And so I just sat down and watched it all and it was so good. Um, and by the end, like I was almost ready to cry. Like it really got to me.
1: Where are you watching this?
0: Daily motion.
1: Oh, is it all on there?
0: Yeah. So anyways, it was really good. And it's like, I got to talk to somebody about this. Cause it was just so like emotionally charging that I had to get it out of my system.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and it's like I know you don't watch it I know other people that don't watch it so it's like oh, I gotta find somebody that that watches this and I don't know every single person on my circle of friends that I reached out to I'd say dude did you see the Steven Universe season finale and the response was always what are you gay Aww. and it's like okay I get that but there's gotta be somebody that watches it so I log on to Second Life. It's like, okay, everybody on Second Life's gay. No one's gonna judge me if I ask for Steven. <laughs> Universe. And e- same thing. Everything goes back just like, well, I didn't know you were gay. I was like, okay, this isn't like I can't <laughs> believe no one watches this. And so it literally like <laughs> I I know um I used to watch this with Richard. Mm-hmm. So I text Richard, like, dude, did you see the Steven Universe finale? And he texts back, like, no, how gay was it? I was like, okay. Just everybody. And it, it, it got me thinking, I was like, well, wait a minute. On Daily Motion, they had ads enabled, and each ad was a targeted one of two gay guys talking about their shaving techniques, huh. and they're, like, really effeminate. And it's like, well, I thought the show was aimed at girls, like My Little Pony, mm-hmm. but it really seems like this is targeted at gay men.
1: The only other person I know that really likes it is a lesbian, if that makes you feel any better.
0: No, it does. I mean, the show is about lesbians. I, I thought the whole point was that, like, the femininity and stuff was supposed to be more appealing.
1: That's kind of like, the vibe I've always got when people talk about it. Besides
0: the show tunes, I don't know what a stereotypical gay man sees in the show.
1: I feel like that was the thing with SpongeBob, though, right? Is that they had done some metrics and there was like, oh yeah, it turns out a lot of, uh, pe- a lot of uh, people who identify as homosexual really like SpongeBob.
0: Maybe it's just a cartoon thing?
1: Maybe, I don't know, I'm just like, well, Spongebob's a great cartoon, so what if maybe just people like it?
0: <laughs> so, I don't know. I thought that was interesting.
1: Yeah, that's... I. You talk about it really highly. Uh, Emily, who I know, talks about it really highly, and I feel like at some point I should maybe sit down and try and watch it. But I also know that, I guess, like, the first half of the first season is a lot more of just, like, a standard kids cartoon where they do the adventure of the of the day and then it's over. And so you have to kind of get through that before it becomes
0: a kind of big, epic story. Well, that's just funny, though, because I actually kind of preferred it when it was a, a monster of the week, because hmm. I thought that those episodes were encapsulated really well. Sure. Um, there, there was one really good one where I don't think there was actually even, like, an actual bad guy, but I don't know, maybe there was, but. What happened was kind of interesting. <clears throat> uh, what ha- It was like Stephen had a birthday, and the gems didn't understand what that was because they don't really age. That's and so then it dawns on him, like, wait a minute. My friends have never had birthday parties. And he felt really sad about that. So it's like, we'll have to throw a birthday party for everybody. So he threw a birthday party for the gems, and he was, like, forcing his... Uh, Family traditions on them. Which is kind of like. Just kids games. Mm -hmm. And they're just. They're not feeling it. They don't get anything out of this. And. After like going through it all. He started to kind of feel like. Okay well maybe the problem is that. All this stuff is like kiddie. Sure. And he started to feel like. He should be older. And he should put that stuff behind him. And the more he got this self doubt. It started to like forcibly age him. And he actually, like, grew into an adult and eventually an old man because he couldn't stop aging. And he almost, like, died from age because <laughs> he felt actually, so old.
1: That sounds pretty compelling. Like, you start and, off with it. and It's like, okay, that sounds kind of generic. Kids yeah, it's kind of silly.
0: and it, it goes actually, into a different place. It, well, it really does. And what was neat was the gems are trying to help him and they don't know what to do because Steven's kind of the first of his kind in a way. So they don't know how to fix this problem. And they don't understand the birthday stuff. They don't understand why he's aging. They don't understand what age is. Sure. And so they're like, they're trying. <laughs> like, like Amethyst, like turns into a little car. It's like, hey, Steven, look, I'm, I'm one of your stupid cars. Beep, beep. Look, I'm a car. And then like Steven just like starts groaning and like he grows a beard. And <laughs> and they're like, there's like, hey, uh, Pearl, put put your, um we're going to put a pie in your face. And she has a coconut cream pie and she's like standing there like crying and she like just smears it on her face and she's crying. (laughs) It's like, Steven, are you better? And she has enough (laughs) to do and it's killing him. And so then Garnet is always like the whole series. Garnet is the calm and balanced one. And so she's like collected and she always knows what to do and she always knows what the answer is. And she's just the leader of the whole team. And she walks over to Steven and picks up his, like, old body and just starts, like, violently shaking him. And they have to, like, pull her off. I'm like, Garnet, what are you doing? And she, no, she's on to something. If she treats him like a baby, he'll DH. Well, it's just, it was interesting because she you starts doing this and, like, Cameron. almost kills him. and then, That was the joke. I know. I'm good. Good. But Keep then, going. <laughs> but then <clears throat> uh, they they pull her off, like, what are you doing? And she's like, I thought violence was the answer because she doesn't actually know anything else. And it's like, and she actually started to cry and she like, you you never see her eyes behind her sunglasses, but then she has to like cover her face because tears are coming out. And it's the first time you see her express any emotion is this one time of fear. Hmm. And this one little moment was so important to the character later on where it's like, oh, wait, she's not impenetrable. Sure. You know? And so they start, like, arguing, and then he sees them arguing, and he reverts back to, like, a 40-year-old adult and starts scolding them about not working together or something. And, like, his age starts fluctuating up and down. as He, f- he feels these, like, obligations to act more his age, and that forces him up, but then he, he feels sad about other stuff, and that forces him down. And it was this interesting thing, and, and again, it's all done in terms that a kid could follow, so it's not mm-hmm. that deep but i thought it was really well executed it's a strong episode and i think that was the first season so they i mean they started off kind of interesting sometimes
1: sure i have, I have a couple of thoughts on that one is that if i had written that the gems would have realized that oh my god our friend is going to age and die and we're not and it would have been it would have been dark but a completely different kind <laughs> because that's where i go
0: well it, really dark stuff happens in this show too
1: <laughs> that's good i like it when when dark stuff shows up in kids cartoons every once in a while and i can just be like ah i get it i get you yeah good job there's a couple of really kind of dark jokes in gravity falls uh, there's an episode where like uh stan he's these the uh, their great uncle and he's kind of a con man he's kind of a terrible person um but he gets these like teeth that only make him tell the truth and at one point they're watching tv and he starts going on this like really uh like nihilistic like i wonder if there's no meaning to life and we're just going to die and nothing matters and he just goes on and on, and it pans over to Dipper and Mabel, and they're just, like, in the fetal position on the ground, just shaking. Because <laughs> they, like, can't take it. <laughs> uh, and I was listening to the uh, the commentary of that episode, and they had, the guy wrote that joke, like, at five in the morning. They had been up all night trying to finish this episode, and he was just, like, completely hating his life and the, the release schedule, and it was just, he was just miserable. And so he writes this, and he's he starts laughing because it's one thing he's sleep-deprived. Sleep he's like, I think this might be the funniest joke I ever put in this show. And the other guy who's, like, Alex Hirsch, who's the, the big director, is wants to keep the joke, but he's trying to, like, figure out how they can make it a little smaller so it doesn't take up so much screen time. <laughs> <laughs> and also, is Disney going to be okay with this? Well, I guess we'll leave it in and see what happens. Um, Man, watching that with with the commentary has been a fucking delight, but it is funny when when kids cartoons do go in like directions you don't expect like that because for one thing kids aren't as stupid as you think they are they'll they understand things like that and and two it's just like the misdirect is funny to me. But also that episode of Steven Universe reminded me of an MLP one where where Discord and Fluttershy have a tea party. Yeah, and and yeah, but Discord invites her to hit his house, and then realizes that his house is too chaotic; she might not like it. And so he undoes all the chaos, but it starts to like kill him because he's mm-hmm. chaos, and if he doesn't have it around, he gets sick. And then so she has to be chaos for him, and she messes up his house.
0: That was a very cute episode. That was a cute episode, and it's also like it was it was silly, but you kind of get the message.
1: Yeah, like be and, yourself.
0: Yeah, and I, I think be yourself is the overall theme of Steven Universe as a whole. And what I find interesting is that they don't really have episodes where like, okay, you get the message, they're beating you over the head with it. Um, it's like there's there's subtlety where you kind of realize like there's a there's a benefit to seeing risk and there's a benefit to pushing boundaries. But they don't just sit down and say, remember, kids, make sure to do whatever. And it doesn't, like, hold your hand to get to that conclusion. They just sort of offer, here's an interesting story arc, and if you reflect on it, you might come to some conclusions. Yeah. It's handled in a smarter way,
1: I guess. I mean, that's why these these cartoons that are made for kids have resonated with a lot of adults, right? Is that... Yeah, because really, they're made for everybody. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, so I I was saying how Garnet is always, like, calm and always has the answers. Mm Mm-hmm. So what her power is, and this doesn't really come to light right away, but what her power actually is is that she can see the future, and what she sees is a bunch of potential futures, and she tries to figure out what the most likely one is, Me, and so that's how she like fights, and that's how she like figures out problems that way. And so when that realization comes about, Steven's like, oh, wow, that's so cool. I wish I could do that. And, like, I wonder what it's like to see the future. So she starts, um, or, or he follows her around for a day and just keeps asking questions. Like, hey, what would happen if, um, if I said hi to Lars over there? And she says, like, well, uh, in 75 futures, he spills his coffee on you. And in three of them, he gives you a high five. And in one of them, he kicks you in the face. And he's like okay that's that's a chance I want to take so he runs over and says hi Lars and then he spills coffee and like she has to jump in front so he doesn't burn his face off Sure um but it gets to the point where she starts sharing too much and he sees he keeps seeing all the negative things that could happen at any given moment and he becomes really like paranoid about dying every single second of the day and keeps asking I would her, do like, it. what's going to happen next <laughs> yeah And so it gets to the point where there's like a lightning storm and he's standing on the roof and he's like, what's going to happen next? <laughs> like, when am I going to die? <laughs> and he's like having this episode. And then she says, and he just like asks, like Garnet, what did you see? And then she says, this is what I saw. I knew you couldn't handle this power. I was just hoping that maybe in that slim chance, you would learn something from this, but in almost every future you could, you weren't ready. And I took a risk exposing you to this and then that dawns with him, and then he kind of gets over it and he understands this idea of risk and making difficult decisions sure and possibilities and things and how you don't always have a conclusion and the future isn't set in stone but at the same time what she saw was a benefit that maybe maybe i could help my friend by showing him something that he doesn't know and this would be a positive thing and to her that was a risk worth taking, and that's the lesson that he gets out of that. Yeah. It's stuff like that where it's like, oh okay, this this show's actually written in kind of a smart way, even though it's animated really cheaply. That's my big problem with it. I do not like most of the art design in it. Oh, it's bad. Like it's, the one thing that
1: never got me into it at all when it was first kind of starting to explode. It's like, oh maybe I should check this out. And then I look at it, I'm like, oof. I have do some not
0: care. Objectively bad decisions, uh, There's also a lot of inconsistency. There's a few characters that keep changing height. Oh, really? Yeah. um, And and actually, there is a critique um, going around about this one character in particular. And one of the the artists at Cartoon Network was like, look, that stuff doesn't matter. Um, As long as you can recognize the character, uh, you know, being on model or not doesn't actually matter. But it
1: does, though. Also, you're using Flash. Like, can't you just like grab the control handles and make it bigger or something?
0: I, you think you'd it's like it's also, a model if you're storyboarding Flash. it, it wouldn't look this bad. Yeah. Um. Oh my goodness, I cannot find this this quote. See,
1: that's one thing about Gravity Falls that, like, that show is fucking gorgeous. Everyone should watch Gravity Falls. I will I will forever sing that show's praise, and it's yeah, only that's two a- seasons.
0: Um That's an actual good recommendation. I feel like Steven Universe isn't for everybody, I just get a lot out of it.
1: Yeah, there's you know, that's fine. There's shows like that. Like I don't know if I'd ever actually recommend anyone who would go you know, to go and watch uh, My Little Pony, right? Like I've watched all the episodes, I get stuff out of it sometimes, sometimes it's just rage. But you know. Everything hits you differently or whatever, it's fine. Did you see um the trailer for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon?
0: The didn't didn't that already come out?
1: Yeah, they came out uh, probably a while ago, but I, okay, I was yeah. making the rounds for me recently, and they there was some animated action sequence, and uh, the character design in that is fucking dreadful.
0: Oh, really? They look horrible. I disagree. I think they have a lot of personality. They're like weird square things, yeah, but they have a lot of personality, do they I don't know like the the, the animation I, itself is really good here's here's my thing. I think what's neat about this new show is that you can actually tell the characters apart I think there's a benefit to that I
1: don't I' Apparently, the first episode is just on YouTube. By the way, <laughs> by
0: Nickelodeon. Yeah, everybody, give it a shot. I guess
1: this just came out twenty eighteen. How the hell am I only knowing about this now? Actually, that's maybe not that surprising. I'm.
0: It's I'm, been a couple 30. weeks, I guess.
1: Or no, it, twenty. It's been a. It's been a couple months.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: But I don't. Know, I really. I really think they. They look bad. <laughs> And I've never been, like, a huge fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm not, like, nostalgic for the old cartoon or whatever, which is also probably dreadful. But I I remember seeing those for the first time and just being like, Wow, that's what they went for.
0: Weird. Okay, so I sent you a picture of Peridot. And someone took these character shots from different episodes and put them all in a row so that you can see that she's shrinking... Literally to the point where she's half the height that she used to be.
1: How did that happen?
0: I... So... There's a... She's introduced as a villain. And she has these long arms with those little floaty fingers. Mm-hmm. So those are actually prosthetic arms, and she's actually not that tall. So when she when she loses her prosthetics, she feels... Um, like she has a story arc about blah, 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 whatever... And her being smaller makes her less threatening. And as her character kind of progresses, she becomes less and less threatening. But part of making her look friendlier is they keep like rounding her out and making her smaller so that she's more in line with Steven. And it's like no one no one is actually paying attention to have we pushed this too far? It was just for the purposes of this episode, I'm gonna draw the characters like this because how this one shot looks is composed really good. They don't look at whether or not it's on model. That's really weird. It is.
1: Wait, I can see not using the first one because the the floating fingers seems like they might be kind of annoying to animate because you have to, like, keep track of where, all, where they all are. But, make, yeah, like, these, some of these are pretty different from each other and it's like, well, you can always tell who she is because her hair is yellow and her body is green. But, yeah, I don't know, like, Especially after watching all the the commentary and Gravity Falls, where how the car- show looks and how on model everything is, was like really really important to them when they were going and like they.
0: Yeah, because they're professionals. Cartoon. Yeah, Network. <laughs> Cartoon Network is not a a bar to measure up to.
1: I I don't know. Like Chowder was on Cartoon Network and Chowder yeah, was pretty great back,
0: back when things were good, and they just they aren't anymore.
1: I don't know. I think we're just older. We.
0: Like I I don't like No, because they still they come out with good cartoons like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and it's like, "Oh, that's on Nickelodeon where I guess they still pay attention."
1: Ah. Uh, I mean to be fair, like the art style for that show it looks like they're making proper use of it. Like I understand like the creative decisions. I just don't personally like it. This is weird though, like that the character would change that much over So,
0: so yeah, Steven Universe has some problems. Um there's also one scene in particular in the finale that I noticed a lot of people on Twitter pointing out, I was like, wow, this scene looks so good. And it looks really good because it's specifically, like, the frame rate triples, and it's very smooth. And it's it's jarringly smooth. Where it took me out of the scene that was emotionally powerful, thinking about, oh, they put all their budget into this one shot. Okay. Sure. Like, I could not shake that thought from my mind because it was so jarringly different. I I
1: always noticed in MLP of the show tunes the uh animation got a lot smoother.
0: There there's a time and a place to kind of funnel your budget, but you yeah. you have to make it transition or warranted.
1: I mean, yeah, in that case it, it well and for one thing, it's not like MLP ever looked bad or anything. Like that that, that was one of the big draws of show, look, the show is it looked that it looks really good and it's animated really well. So you, but you'd still notice that kind of bump in quality when they started doing show tunes and, uh, you know, and the characters moving around more in sync and everything. It was always like a good. It was a, po- a net positive in that case. Like it never took you out. It was always just like, oh, cool. Like this is going to be a high, you know, highly produced segment. And typically, the show tunes in that show were pretty good, so that's probably going to be fun too.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I really like the show tunes in Steven Universe. But a lot of them don't necessarily get that animation bump either. Oh, <laughs> uh. um, sometimes they do. There's a couple that are really important, and they they do a good job with it. Um, have Have you seen that one where Pearl is? Oh, uh, what's the song called? It's over, isn't it? Probably not, unless you've linked it to me before. Um, where she's dressed in a suit and she's like. She's singing with this skinny, the city skyline behind her. Oh, yeah, you have sent me that before. Um, that's a really good number, and it's done really well. And it's also the only scene in that whole episode worth watching. Because <laughs> <laughs> the rest is kind of predictable, and it's like, okay, yeah, we get it, yeah, we get it. But that one was powerful, and it works. Um, And you can tell they paid attention to it, and they made it work right uh, within budget, but they, they did funnel their budget in there a bit.
1: I like that you're like at least self oh, You're self aware about the show, right? Where like you know, like these episodes aren't as good for these reasons. You you can understand that, but you watch it anyways. And I, I I don't know. I feel like going. I I only have like the reference of of MLP to compare this to. But
0: yeah, but you're aware of MLP too.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm just saying like, oh, at least we're both like the normal ones. Or you know, you can watch like a bad episode of that show and be like, oh god, that was a bad one. But I'm going to be back for the next one, because when the show is good, it's worth watching, and I'm willing to put up with the rough episodes.
0: I like, um, what was it you just mentioned? Uh, oh, um, we were talking about like the, the lessons I like, get worked in. Yep. Uh, MLP did a pretty good job, I thought more often than not. I think... I mean, there, there are a couple where you can tell they're trying too hard to focus on the message. Yeah. But I do think that most of the time, they focused on an entertaining story that you can learn from. And they have the little thing at the end where it's like, today I learned about a thing, get it? But you don't need that to come to the conclusion. Sure. So I, I do want to give them credit for that.
1: My problem with, with MLP is, is, every once in a while there be an episode where I feel like the the message... That they're giving to the viewer is the wrong one to take away. There was a a Rainbow Dash episode, I think in season 7, where you meet her parents for the first time, and they're fucking obnoxious. And so you find out, like, oh, this is why she never talks about her parents, she's kind of embarrassed by them. And at the end, you're supposed to be like, you shouldn't be embarrassed by your parents, especially if they love you. But they never address the fact that her parents are fucking awful and are really annoying and someone needs to sit them down and tell them to fucking get shut the fuck up. It's and I came like Jerry's
0: from, present, parents from uh, Seinfeld.
1: Yeah, like I came away from that episode just being like angry but, like no, like Rainbow Dash was right. Everyone else is wrong and she's the only one that's right and they're telling everyone that she's wrong and she's it, I don't even like Rainbow Dash all that much. <laughs> like she got she got she got a bad shake that time. And so there, there are a handful of episodes where they fumble some aspect of of that where, Like here's the what we're trying to convey in this episode, but we did such a horrible job of it that maybe you should be coming around, you know, away with a uh, completely different reading.
0: So sent me some fan art. Yeah, the other thing I want to talk about on Stephen Universe is uh, my favorite character is Blue but that doesn't matter. I love the fan art that comes out of the show because I feel like a lot of it is much more stylized and there's a cool. lot of like quality and interesting stuff that comes out of it. Sure. Um, like There are shots of the show that are genuinely well composed even if they're not well animated and I like the color choice and the backgrounds and everything. And I kind of wish, like, man, I, I want an alternate reality where this show got a decent budget and nothing else changed.
1: Is that, like, animated in, in the United States and everything, or is that sent overseas?
0: I'm guessing it's Canada.
1: Because I know with Gravity Falls that they would storyboard it here in America, and then they'd send it to, like, Korea to be animated, sort of like with SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that has, you know, where it's so- animated is probably... Cartoon, plays a pretty big role
0: yeah Cartoon Network most of their shows are done this way where they're written and storyboarded by storyboard artists in the Cartoon Network factory in San Francisco okay and then the storyboards are given to an animation company up in Canada um and then that's sent back to the US and so, what they're pretty much doing is, okay, for this scene, here's the storyboard, here's all the instructions, here's how long it's supposed to be, whatever, you know, there's details and things. Mm-hmm. And they more or less, like, give it to a team and say, okay, um, this scene is going to have X number of frames, so draw that many to make this happen. And they do it, and they pump that out, and then they send it back, and it gets kind of edited in sync and everything. Yo. So, with a show like Steven Universe, they'll, they'll take a scene... Where it's like, okay, this whole sequence we can go like really budgety, and then this action sequence at the end, let's let's you know pull everything in here. We're gonna have the most frames over here, mm-hmm. and there's gonna be after effects that have to be done also. So let's let's account for that, and we maybe stretch this out a little bit more. And and it's very deliberately done. What I like in other animation approaches, uh, and again, I think Nickelodeon does this, but they pretty much treat everything evenly. And like with Spongebob, there's going to be sequences that are more complicated and other sequences that aren't, but it's never going to be so over the top in action sequence or something because everything's more slapstick. So, okay, here's the gag. We need this one bit to look good, but yeah. also we're going to be okay because half the gag is just a close up of a really highly rendered ruined fingernail. And it's just like, it's still, and it's not animated at all. And that fills time. But the joke pays off because of it, so it's okay. So I don't think SpongeBob has the same budget and concerns that an action cartoon does for sure. so you, you can you, you get a, you get away with certain things
1: when you get a sec, you should watch this clip of Gravity Falls because when I, we were talking about like kind of like dark humor in kids shows.
0: okay, here it goes.
1: <laughs> Minor hole. I wonder what cute, silly things are going on down there.
0: You can't go in there! There's been a gas leak! Anyone who goes in there will die! Oh, Big Henry. Big Henry.
1: I will take it. No!
0: Don't go, Big Henry! We need you!
1: Go home, Polly.
0: He's like passing out. With picture.
1: Okay, so for for the listeners, <laughs> in this scene, Mabel and Dipper are playing mini golf, and all of the the, the golf courses, the the holes are, are run by little golf ball people, and uh, they hit a ball into a cave, and it, the golf ball people in the cave are trying to maneuver the ball so they they get a hole in one. But there's been a gas leak in this cave, and they can't go into it or they'll die. And so this big golf ball character named Big Henry with a really deep voice shows up and says, I'll do it. He pushes through, and he starts slapping himself because he's like, the gas is getting to him. And then he gets the ball in, and he falls over, and he pulls out a, a picture of like him and his daughter or something, and then he dies. <laughs> and then the ball goes out, and that's the end of the scene. And when I first saw that episode, I was like, for one thing, laughing extremely hard because it was very funny, but also just kind of shocked that it was in that show at all. And well, I was listening to the commentary on that episode uh, yesterday, and they said uh, this wasn't in the show, this wasn't in the, the the script or the storyboards. It was added in later because they had to fill a bit of time, and I think it was Matt Chipman who the uh, Strong Bad. He, he actually did a lot of writing for uh, uh, Gravity Falls who put that in because they wanted one more little like scene and they somehow got they got it okayed and the night before the episode released alex hirsch who who runs the show was like he said he couldn't sleep he was afraid they went too far and that (laughs) like this would be the thing that like made everyone realize he was a fraud and an awful storyteller and like he's like oh my god we we should not have done this like we should not have done this the people people thought it was really funny.
0: It was good, though. It was. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, what else I want to talk about. I, I didn't mean to spend this whole show talking about Steven Universe, and then, like, I went on ranting.
1: No, that's fine. I I don't I didn't really come in with any topics either, so... Or, so, like, uh, the things that, like, the little things I was, like, could grasp at aren't, like... I don't know, like, hey, Everybody Loves Rain was a really terrible show. I saw, like, five minutes of that before I left my you know, left to come to the show, this podcast. I don't I don't And everybody loves Raymond. They're always eating food but they never finish any of the food they eat. They're Italian. I don't get it. Like they <laughs> opened the episode, Robert grabs like like Deborah's got cookies and Robert's like, Oh cookies and she's like, Yeah I have some. He grabs like six of them, sets them on the table, and then just doesn't eat them. So he grabs like a full fat fist of cookies and puts them on a different spot and then they're forgotten. And it's like, why would you do that? For one thing, you grab one cookie, you you fucking maniac of a person, and then you eat it like a normal human being instead of not eating it. Like, who picks up a cookie and doesn't eat it? Raymond. And that's literally all I have to say about that show. I, it bothered me. Ah, uh, it's fair. I don't. I I don't really know what else to talk about. To be honest.
0: Um, Hmm. Uh, I could talk about my other favorite Steven Universe episode.
1: (laughs) If we want to make this a Steven Universe podcast, we can. I mean, we got two more minutes to kill, so. Yeah. I feel like if I do try to get to the show, we'll have future episodes about it. We'll all have thoughts. But that does, like. It is predicated on me, like, actually watching a bunch of episodes and not, like, two and being like, this isn't for me. Which could happen.
0: So, I like how he doesn't know his mom. Uh, It's a very Disney thing. It's a very Disney thing. But I feel like it's the first time I felt it's a warranted plot device. And it's, uh... It didn't necessarily start that way. Um... In fact, I remember in the first season, you never even see a picture of what she looks like. And so there's this weird sense of, like, of mystery, I guess. And I feel like they slowly give you information about her in a way that you feel like you're... You, you understand what Steven's going through as he learns things about her. So it's, okay. presented, it's presented in a much better way than it's like, oh, here's this terrific person and she was our leader and then she died. and And you as the viewer kind of understand how great she was. And Steven's like, I wish I knew something about her. But since you're on the ride with him, I feel like that maybe presents it stronger.
1: Okay.
0: If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And there's just this, uh, there's this very interesting relationship that Pearl and Rose used to have. And basically, Rose is the most important person in the world to Pearl. And she doesn't necessarily understand that the feeling wasn't 100% mutual. Because Rose loved her, but Rose kind of loved everybody. And there's okay. this interesting sense of jealousy that comes out of that. Where, like, she died and now she has to take care of Steven. Pearl does. <clears throat> and so there's this resentment about that but there's also like well at least that was her favorite and then Steven starts discovering things about Rose that Pearl didn't know and so that starts to like spiral Pearl down a bit and there was this great scene where she punched a wall and then Rose's painting like fell off the the wall and Garnet caught it but it almost broke and there's this weird silence in the air where everyone like stops and sees that and you almost feel like you saw her die like there's it's a subtle thing but they 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 weave these impactful emotional moments into the bad animation to leave you still caring okay at, at least if you follow the story i guess i mean um, i feel
1: like there's a there's a thing where like if the writing is good and the character work is good you can get by with mediocre animation because the you're actors bring a in,
0: lot to their roles too yeah
1: Trying to think of like a uh, comic books where that happens because I know I'm sure I've read somewhere like man I wish the the artwork was better because this story's good and it deserves better artwork.
0: Yeah, I know I've so definitely, definitely felt happens. that way.
1: Yeah. And then you got fucking like like what is it Mark Millar? who's really bad at writing, but he gets like really good artists to to draft his shitty characters. Fucking piece of shit. Yay, negativity.
0: Yay, negativity. We can be negative. That's okay. I don't know. I'm trying to be less negative, but I don't know if I'm succeeding. You know what? I, I know we did that show about negativity. Mm hmm. But I was thinking about the importance of negativity because if you don't ever get feedback, you don't learn from it. hmm. So I don't know. I, I think, um,. I think there's room for both. Oh, yeah. And balance is important. But perspective balance. is important.
1: Yeah, and I feel like perspective is the thing that sometimes people lack or I lack, where it's like, this thing is really upsetting me, and it's like, yeah, but that thing's not important. Don't, you know, go be upset about something better.
0: Oh, so you know what really upset me? Um, And not to get into politics or anything, but uh, there was that whole thing with those, those kids with the MAGA hats.
1: Sure, the well uh, with the Native American,
0: yeah, that's bat. And so that, well, that whole story—that is what it is. And I don't even—I don't really care about that stuff so much. But I saw on Twitter somebody was commenting about the story, and they said, "I don't like Trump, and I don't support Trump, but I'm buying one of these MAGA hats." Because of all the outrage and the hatred that people direct towards people with the hats without reason, um, so I'm gonna buy one of these hats in protest of those people that don't like hats.
1: That's a very internet thing to do. Well,
0: it's a very internet thing to do, and I don't even know who this person was because, like, somebody, somebody that I follow who follows somebody else retweeted this. So it's like, there's no reason for me to see this tweet. Mm -hmm. It's some nobody. And for some reason, I was really upset that they're buying a hat that they don't believe in. And it's like, it's not even about the Trump thing. It's like, this could be about anything. I'm not going to go out and buy Kingdom Hearts specifically for all the people that don't like Kingdom Hearts just to show them. You know what I mean? It's like, this is the dumbest thing I've read all day. And for whatever reason, that tweet like haunted me for two days. And I was like angry about it.
1: It's one of those things where like, Spite is a weirdly powerful emotion, like the idea of doing something just to piss someone else off, but and that's the only reason to do it. And I think Like that'll like the, the idea of spiting someone will never go away, but the internet's made it popular. Or like it's given it more of a voice. Like that Gillette commercial comes out and people get mad so they destroy their razors yes. and take pictures of it. And be like, this is what I <laughs> think Gillette, I broke your thing I bought.
0: People got so mad over a Gillette commercial it's like I can't I, I remember the last time I saw something that I didn't like, I, like, changed the channel. Right. Um. It's I, so <laughs>
1: easy to not, it's so easy to just avoid, like, to not be part of it. I remember the the big one that I saw was, like, this dad and his family, they took this really, like, ritzy family photo, and they were all holding guns. And, like, wearing cowboy hats or whatever. And he's like, hey, Gillette, what do you think about my family values, huh? Is this toxic masculinity? We have guns. And it's like, you could have you could have not taken that picture. Or you could have taken that picture and then not added a company. You know, you, you just posted it. Like, hey, look, I took a picture of my family. Isn't this silly? We really like guns. But he had to turn it into this, look at me. You have to pay attention to me because I'm angry and this has to be about me now. Because that's really what it comes down to with the internet. This guy wants to buy a hat to piss people off so it can be about him. He wants to be the conversation.
0: Yeah. And the internet yeah. has
1: turned all of us into that, like, fucking monster where we got to have... We gotta have it now, and it's gotta be about me. And I hate it. I hate it so much.
0: So speaking about me, I like
1: Steven Universe. Do you? There, I'll I, try and watch. Maybe I'll watch an episode tomorrow if are all on Daily Motion. Okay, I got, I got tomorrow off. I have like um, things I should do tomorrow that are important, but I'll try to get to that too.
0: Yeah, you know. So I'm thinking about like the best way to watch Steven Universe. And I think you kinda have to watch them chronologically. Cause there's some dumb episodes that have interesting payoff later. It's it's the anime problem where you have to you have to watch them all so episode fifty has merit. Sure. It's just at least with Steven Universe there's ups and downs along the way. So it's a little better than one of those animes. Yeah. I started I know, a new a anime. What'd you watch?
1: It's uh, it, a place further than the universe. It's about these four high school girls that want to go to Antarctica. Antarctica. Hi. And they're having a fun time trying to do that. And It was on the, it was on a lot of people's, like, this is the best anime of 2018 lists. So I was like, I'll give it a go. My brother watched it and, and liked it well enough. And it's fine. It's cute. I feel like a lot of the plot points are pretty contrived, like how it moves forward. Where it's like, man, we had a roadblock, and then it's like five minutes later... And there's the thing to get us out of the roadblock. It's just right there now. We'll we'll take that and then advance the plot. And so it's fine. I'm enjoying it. It is it's very it's a relaxing show cuz the stakes are super low and it's and the character work's been decent. But it does kind of bother me like this I don't know like like oh man, how are we going to get here? And it's like, "Well, I googled the thing and we could do this." It's like, "Well, that's kind of lame." I mean, it's I guess realistic cuz if I have a problem I google it too but it's not really what I want to see in a in a piece of drama if that makes sense No I think it does <clears throat> It's cute though I mean I, I so far I'd say it's worth a watch The artwork too it's cool like they, there's a lot of um like white highlights in the, around the characters as outlines so it's more of like is that like black outlines it's like white ones Not always, but sometimes, depending on where the lighting is, and it looks neat. It gives it a very distinct visual flair that a lot of shows don't have.
0: Oh, okay, you just reminded me of another episode of the Steven Universe that I want to talk about, Mm -hmm. but I won't. Mm -hmm. Just in case you end up enjoying the show and watching it, I don't want to spoil this one. Okay. But if you end up watching the show and not liking it, let me know and I'll tell you about this one cool part that happens later. (laughs) <laughs> That's, that sounds fair, I'll take you up on that This is good podcast material I know, this. Is, uh, I feel like this episode's been pretty weird <laughs> So everybody at home, if you like Stephen Universe You can write to opinionsarecheap at com And say, what are you, gay? Mm-hmm. Just like all my friends do
1: This is our second episode, I think, on cartoons And I feel like this one's probably just as, like, sad And that, wow, those adults are really invested in
0: cartoons Well, I am As the so- last one I, I mean I wish I had I wish there was just more time in the day and I would literally just start animating things. Sure. Because I love animation so much. And it's fun to do. I hate all of the all of the fun, big important hobbies take a lot of hours. So I had this realization. Um so episode four of Starbarians came out. Do you like Starbarians?
1: I've never heard of Starbarians. I like the name.
0: Oh, I'm sorry, what? I have no idea what this is. Wow okay we're gonna watch some starbarians after the show okay um so they're they're classically animated it's digital but like literal just frame animation like it used to be okay very good very very raunchy rough sense of humor but it's it's super neat and it took the guy like I don't know how many years it's been since episode 3 came out And he literally did an April Fool's episode to fill the time just to acknowledge, like, hey, guys, I'm still working on it. It takes a lot of time. And (coughs) it's really funny to me how everybody was so excited that like he was teasing it. Like, "Okay, everybody, tomorrow Starbarians 4 comes out and everybody was so excited because it's been years and he releases it. And it's like three minutes long and nothing actually happens like it's set up for episode five. Sure. And then, and then the, cre- the end credits come up and there's this theme song. And it's like, wow, this was like, it was like four years to make these three minutes. And I didn't get anything out of it. And as much as I enjoyed it, it's like, I don't know how much money he makes off of these. I don't know what his day job really is. But yeah. <laughs> it was like the, the amount of work that went into this one thing that had a couple gags in it was interesting like i understand where cheap animation comes from because it's just so impractical to do things well yeah um but anyways my point was i had this idea that if i have an idea for a cartoon i may as well just storyboard it and upload that and go hey everyone here's a storyboard for a skit and just leave it there because no one will actually care more like the the amount of time it would take to fill in all the frames and color them all is well, completely disproportionate. you end up doing, like, you know. you end up
1: doing uh, like voice work to it and stuff, I think people would be engaged by that. I, I, sh- I shared this a uh, handful of weeks now where this guy did a, his his comic book. It was like a, a Steve Boy hot dog. And it was like uncolored, just the pages, and he panned through the pages, and he he did the he wrote, read the dialogue and funny voices. And normally he does animation, but animation takes so fucking long that he hasn't been kicking stuff out, so he did this. And I was like, you know, this is a, a decent middle ground because I like his I like his voice work and I like his writing and there's still a visual element. So, like, to me, it's hitting all the boxes I want.
0: It, it just doesn't look as pretty. Yeah, but it, it doesn't it, need to. It lacks a polish, but the polish isn't the meat. Yes. And it's um it, it's funny to me how there's like there's web comics out there where it's like, here's three panels. And and I mean, and you know how fast I draw, I can crank something out in an hour and it's complete. Yep, And so that's kind of the appeal that I always had with webcomics is like, well, I can just crank this stuff out. If I have a good idea, I can just fart it out and it's done and it's good and people like it. And then I'll see like somebody could spend months animating a 60 second short for YouTube. That's more or less a gag that could fit into a three panel comic. Yeah. And it's like, man, as much as the animations of treasure and I love the art form and I love the quality of the work that he did. It's kind of sad that, um, like like well, some of Oni's stuff, like his more popular stuff, it really frustrates some because it's the stuff he spent the least amount of time on. Oh sure, because he'll animate a whole like show. They were producing a show that they were pitching to Cartoon Network and Adult Swim and, uh, and Comedy Central and everything. Did, did you ever see Hellbenders?
1: No, that sounds familiar though.
0: Like they wrote up a whole Bible. They they have these like thirty minute scripts done. Like, they they have enough content to literally do the whole first season of a TV show. And they put out a couple, like, test pilot animation things that are like, they're these investments. And none of that stuff has as many views as here's a Harry Potter joke where he goes, Love your saw, love your saw. And just people making funny voices for two minutes and it's done. And they sell t shirts and he makes money off of that. Yep. And literally doing all the production work for an actual TV show was not as lucrative as making a fart joke where you see Hermione's boobs or something. And it's it's depressing, but there's also a reality to it that you kind of have to accept.
1: Yeah. I'm at a point with music, right, where I have an album basically written and recorded, I need to mix and master it. And I need to do that before I start working on other music, but I'm also, like, itching to make more music, because I haven't written music in a while now. And it sucks, because it's like, no, I really, really should just do, like, one project at a time, or I'm never going to finish anything. But I'm at work, and I'm listening to music, and I'm bored, and it's like, god, I wonder if I could make a song like this. What would I start with? Well, you know, you just start thinking, and... And then there's so many youtubers out there that like have a ton of views, and all they do is uh covers of songs or whatever, and like people really like their covers and covers are cool i, I like I, I get the appeal, but it's like yeah if you play an instrument really really well, learning how to learning a song with it doesn't take that long like my friend Thomas who's a great guitarist like he can learn a a, a song really fast on his guitar, and then you know if he wanted to he could he could do a bunch of of covers of you know popular bands and probably get way more views than his original stuff because people want to see stuff they're familiar with and i don't know the whole whole thing sucks it's all frustrating if you want to make like original high quality stuff so there's your
0: life lesson for the day yeah maybe yeah, I you know I wanna I wanna say that's a goal for 2019. I wanna I wanna storyboard something, like just do an animatic. You know, I feel like that's yeah. an, that, that's an approachable goal, right? Yeah, that'd be cool. What should I animate? I don't know. What's a good story?
1: At some point, we need to start our comic book too. Still. I guess I'm not <sighs> thinking about that one as much anymore, but I would like to still do that at some point and I I, I don't want to forget that idea.
0: I was I was trying to draw characters for that the other day and I just I can't I can't force it. Sure. Um I mean I don't know what your creative process is. Do you, when you think of a character, how do you how do you how does a character go from absolutely nothing to you know it?
1: Um like, the actual I us-
0: conception, I guess.
1: I, I, I usually make them up as I go, which is the problem. I mean, it's something I can work around with is just written text, where it's like, oh, and then so-and-so shows up, and okay, now I work with so-and-so. I don't know anything about so-and-so, but we'll figure him out as we go. And I feel like it it can make things more organic, because you're learning with the story, you're learning with the other characters, but it doesn't work with a visual medium where you really need to plan things out and be like, no, how, what does this character look like? I have to draw page six. And uh whereas, you know, with a book, I can be like, uh, he's got these two key physical attributes. We'll only ever bring those up, and the reader can fill in the rest. And that works fine with novels and not with, with comics, where, you know, you have to have a, have the guy moving around and be like, well, what color should his shirt be? It's like, I don't fucking know.
0: Because everybody has a different creative process, and for me personally, um, and this is more so for writing, but I found it actually, it kind of happens with the visual stuff I do too, but I tend to like meet a character, like they approach me, if that makes sense. Did you ever see The Man Who Invented Christmas? No.
1: I remember you so, talking about it.
0: Yeah, there's just there's a scene that really spoke to me because I didn't realize anyone else thought this way until this was done on film. But Charles Dickens is like walking around is like, How am I gonna write a Christmas carol? Blah, 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 I don't know how to do it. And he's he's trying to figure out um who the story should be about. Because he knows he wants to do a Christmas story, but it's like what do you what what would your Christmas story even be about? Like what I, I got nothing to work with here, but I know there's something. And he's pacing around, and then <clears throat> this this word kind of pops in his head that he overheard somebody say "humbug" uh, or "humbug Christmas" or something. And he was just thinking about it, and then he like he kind of heard this crotchety old man say "ah rah, humbug." And he turned around, and he could he could see this grumpy old miser, and he's like like okay you. You have a story. Um, what do you think when I say children? So, like ah, rats and like, like and charity, like attacks on on stupidity and and he's like bouncing ideas off of this fictional character in his head. Okay. Um, and it's like comes back to him where it's like it, at some point the character told him that his name was Ebenezer. You know what okay. I mean?
1: Yeah. And that's I feel like kind that's of a better way to do it than what I do because you get a more you get a more concrete picture that you can work around versus like, okay, I'm at this scene, how would this character react? Because if I don't think it through enough, then I don't know and I have to make a decision. Whereas if you think it through, then you just keep going.
0: Yeah, but it's also I mean, everybody's mind is different, so you can't force this way. It's kind uh, of like method acting versus the other kind, I guess. Yeah. Um, just some people their, their, their brains process fiction and hypotheticals differently. um, And, like, I, I apply this thought to, like, when I just... I'm playing Warcraft, and I won't even, like, sit down and go, I'm going to write a backstory for my character. It's just, I have a character, and then somebody will walk up and say hi. And I think, well, okay, what would this character say? And I don't always know what the character's going to say next. Mm-hmm. And it's like somebody will say, oh, I'm really mad about the thing that happened, and they, they burned down the world tree... And then my character's like, oh, I've never been. And I, as a player, understand what's going on, but it's like, in the moment, my character does not care. Sure. That's on the other side of the world, and she doesn't care about elves or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I find it's a really fun and fluid way to explore a character dynamic.
1: I had a problem with uh, my rewrites for Storm Breather where redoing uh, three chapters I had to like completely destroy and reconst- reconstruct because they were bad. And so I, I I wrote this bit where Isabel is talking to Thomas because she's on his pirate ship. He's not really a pirate, and she and she's kind of comparing how they work. And my initial reaction was, like, she was starting to feel kind of insecure because, look at this asshole versus her. Like, he's rich, and he's got all this stuff, and she doesn't. And how his crew respects him differently than her. <clears throat> I told my brother that. I was like, yeah, so I wrote this, and I feel like you know, she's kind of insecure about this. And he's like, she'd be fucking bitter about that, not insecure. And I was like, right I have to fix that <laughs> and it's like I've spent how many pages with this character I still don't always have her write and it's that's what the editing process is for is like okay where did I fuck up because I call it when I write I like to say like I write with my hands not my head because I pipe so fast that I'm just like whatever my hands come up with is what's on the page but my hands are sometimes wrong and then I have to think it through and be like no that's that's stupid I have to get rid of that in this case, they did three chapters of bad things that needed to go away, which is a lot.
0: You know, that's my problem with uh, with my snake character, is that I feel like she doesn't have enough confidence to be the star of the story. Okay. And so I keep writing these stories where it's like, well, what if this awkward situation happened? And then she feels awkward about it and leaves is the plot of like every story arc I've written so far.
1: You should have her take confidence pills in, in the next strip.
0: I gotta figure out something to, to kind of fix this.
1: So I feel like that was like a Charlie Brown joke or something.
0: <laughs> it might have been. I like Charlie Brown. You still writing that? I haven't read that in a while. So, okay, I've I've published um like three chapters, and I got halfway through the fourth one, and I had to kind of take a break because I didn't have the time to draw. Sure. But when I came back to it, I reread the whole thing and it's like this is awful. <laughs> I have to like I've actually written out the next like four chapters after this one. Okay. But I think I have to save the one that I'm halfway done with. And that depending on where I actually go with it, I might not be able to use the next chapters I wrote out. Oh no. Um not necessarily a bad thing cuz Sure. again, I, I haven't like committed to anything. Yeah. Whatever. That's on my to do list this year too. I, I'm gonna start working on that before I start a storyboard, but I think I can do both this year.
1: I think so. I have to finish Storm Breather this year is my my goal. I have three more drafts after this one, but uh, this this story I think could be pretty good. Like I might actually be able to get this one published because it does it ticks boxes like not furry trash like my first book. Um not pandering to an audience like my second and not fucking weird like my third. <laughs> it's like, yay, I can do it! Maybe. Oh, probably not. It'll be miserable.
0: No, I think you can.
1: But it's got a, it's got a lot of
0: work <laughs> left. Well, I, you know, I think we had a good chat there. I think we had a good chat tonight.
1: I think so. It was, it was interesting. I hope people like cartoons because a lot of cartoons...
0: Yeah, well, here's a tip. Don't download the episode that says Steven Universe Special, you stupid. <laughs> you signed up for it.
1: Yeah. I would like to do more episodes where we talk about making things, art and stuff. I feel like we've maybe covered that a bit before. A little bit, yeah. I um, I don't know. I like talking about that because pro- everyone's process is
0: different. and it's. Well, I love the creative process. Um, yeah. I, I just watched... Uh, are you familiar with... Um, jodorowsky's version of dune no so there's just a fantastic documentary that i recommend you get on blu-ray called jodorowsky's dune and it's just this the most like stereotypical eccentric crazy director um that pushes the boundaries of film and storytelling uh deliberately to the edge of the mental mind uh, he he, literally, like, someone said, hey, whatever budget you want, like, I'll give it to you. Like, you, you have this talent that you could do anything. What do you want to do? And he said Dune because he knew Dune was this sci-fi epic that needed to be told in film. He never read the book. Oh, no. Yeah. In fact, half the people on his, his A team never read the book. The stuff that came out of all the pre-production like they they literally they did not have the uh, the film budget yet. Someone just gave him the money to do all the planning and all the like write the whole screenplay, get the artist to do all the art design, get a you know all the costume design, like do all the work up front so that they could pitch it to a studio. Oh wow. So there's this gigantic dune Bible. Of how the movie would go. Like shot for shot, every single frame of film, like just storyboarded out completely and and all the concepts and all the and some of it is really trippy and out there. And way ahead of its time. Like this is before Star Wars came out. And it would have blown Star Wars out of the water. Like it is insane how much work this guy put into it. But oh, hearing him talk about his creative process and the way that he talks to people and the way that he inspired people to to push the envelope for themselves like he he went out and got these artists that they're they're good but Jodorowsky had this idea it was like hey no you are going to make Dune real and like the, the he would talk to people in a way where like they were literally hallucinating colors and could see the future and they knew that he was right sure cuz he was so charismatic like it's insane this this documentary is really good the good
1: thing he didn't make people drink Kool Aid.
0: I don't know, he might have. I, it's super it weird. He seems like he's
1: could have been a good good man for that too.
0: Um it, and again, he was he was actually he was talking about the film and how it would literally enlighten a generation. Like it would be the next step in human evolution if people would watch this film when it was done. Like this is how confident he was in it. And it would cost too much, so they didn't make it. So he's like super depressed that all this work was for nothing. And then they got some other guy to make a Dune movie. And so he's super depressed. And his sons get him. He's like, no, no, don't give up. Like, you you have to face this. We have to go see the Dune movie. And he's like, no, no. If I see it, I'll die. No. But they get him to go. And he's sitting through the movie. And then he starts smiling. And then he starts laughing. Because the movie is awful. (laughs) He's just... He was like so relieved that this other master director could not pull it off and it made him feel better about himself nice and and it's just and he he took a lot of these ideas and he adapted them into um into the comic books and he told his own story that's not called dune and like adapted that into a comic book and and a lot of the the art design and stuff that went into this pre-planning like this this huge bible they made. They shipped it out to all the studios and then all the studios rejected it. But then they started stealing his ideas. And you see stuff in Alien that was from his work. And you see stuff in Star Wars that was from his work. And it's like he, he basically, he accidentally, even though he didn't set out to do this, he created an educational source of inspiration in a way that permeated Hollywood. And ended up seeping into all of the most iconic movies of the next, like, 30 years. That's crazy. It's insane how perfect and how good all this work was. And then it didn't get made. Huh. So I recommend... I this, <clears throat> you know, there's some non-Doom timeline where that movie got made. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not this one. Is that your Glad Space? Is that documentary? Because that sounds pretty cool.
0: No, my Glad Space is a uh, stubborn, pokey... They open a stubborn pokey at the mall. is really good. I recommend you go go to it. The restaurant, yeah. Do you love pokey? I don't. Never had it. All
1: right. That Japanese candy stuff. Sure. Pokey, pokey was it? Whatever it is.
0: No, dude. It's like fish.
1: Oh no. I mean, fish is fine. I've or never rice. had pokey though. That sounds good. I'd I'd eat that.
0: You should. It's good.
1: My my uh glad space is equally mundane as a. Uh, I flipped my mattress or, or rotated it, and I, I've been sleeping a lot better. now that I, I did that, so oh yeah, make sure you rotate your mattress every six months.
0: That's a <laughs> they good. They tell you to space. do that,
1: and it's actually it's actually good advice. Do it. That's it. We we want to head out. We want to say goodbye to the, all the the listeners, the nice people.
0: Yeah. Good night, everybody. Thanks for sitting through our rambles. Night.